Good evening and welcome to the Disc Breaks here on NSB Radio. It's Thursday, it's that time of the week. Tonight I have a, a very special show. I know I say that often, but tonight really is. I'm featuring the Robo Sapiens, a band that I've loved for nigh on 10 years now. I was lucky enough to um, interview the guys on the weekend. So that's coming up a little bit later. And then I have an exclusive album showcase mix from their forthcoming album, Dystopia. This is gonna be a big show. It's just me for the first 40 minutes. We even have one third of the Robo Sapiens in the chat right now. Shouts to the man resistor. Nice to see you could make it. Lots of new stuff tonight. I'm gonna do, this is uh, Future Funk Squad, the Hunted Mechanical Pressure remix. Let's get a little bit deep. Most of the people he killed never knew he was in the same room with in live the dystopia album is available exclusively as a kickstarter project only on the cd some exclusive tracks it's going to be digital but much later get onto the kickstarter the link is in the chat they're so close to hitting their target
the people he killed never knew he was in the same room with.
Looks like you and I make something out of a crazy world that saves hundreds of lives.
Robo Sapiens coming up in about 15 minutes. It's going to be the Robo Sapiens interview and then followed by the exclusive album showcase mix. There's some new stuff from me, Katie, Dylan Rhymes, and Metha. How do they get all of that sound into one tune?
with the disc brakes. I did with the Robo Sapiens on the weekend. This is very cool. Welcome to England proper. You can't smoke, you can't drink. What the fuck can you do here anymore? All right, guys, I'm lucky enough to be sat here with almost the entire band of the uh, Robo Sapiens. Talk about their uh, upcoming release, uh, album release, Dystopia. Uh, I'm sat in the Australian studio with Phil, uh, and then in their UK studio, uh, we've got Jamie. Uh, Steve's not with us, he's... Uh... Thanks, Steve. You fell asleep, I got her. <laughs> well, it's pretty late in the UK now, so, you know, you, you, you can forgive that. You can forgive... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty rock and roll that you guys have, like, two studios at either end of the globe. <laughs> you just need one in the Bahamas. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that we always put like uh, Bristol UK and then uh, we also put Bristol. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, Briz, 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 Briz Vegas. Did you go into this writing saying we are going to write an album or did you get to a point with a pile of tracks and go, do you know what? Let's turn this into an album. How, how did you approach this? Do you know what? This is, uh, this is gonna blow your mind a little bit. You're actually responsible for it being a Robo Sapiens album. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very cool. All right, how are you? Well, we were kind of in a place where, I'll be honest, we were in a place where um, the last few years we've been sick. You know, we've been sick of breakbeat. There was still some good stuff out there. You know, we mentioned sort of Groove, uh, you know, Grove earlier. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of you, you go for the Beatport top ten, and it was stuff. I mean, they, they had um, the Wise Guys, who the love was like number one forever. For, yeah. 
three years, you know, yeah. or something. Um, or it was like ropey bootlegs of rave tracks, or yeah. people trying to go dubstep. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of turned our back on the whole breaks thing. Um, we weren't doing the Robo Sapiens. Um, yeah. Dead Famous is still running as a label. Yeah. Phil was one of the artists on Dead Famous. Me and Phil started hooking up and doing tracks. And yeah. It was never an idea necessary to do an album. It's just Phil's, Phil's into so much stuff, you know, Phil's into his band stuff. Yeah. Bills into his dance. You know, we were kind of writing bits of music, but weren't necessarily aimed at the dance floor. At the same yeah. stage, we were doing stuff like punk rock Jesus. Yeah. And we weren't going to do it. I mean, Phil agreed with me on this. We weren't going to do it as a, a Robo Sapiens thing. Steve had sort of kind of gone off for a bit. And um, we sent you a couple of tracks, Tom. And uh, um, I think I think you must have played punk rock Jesus on on the radio show or something. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, obviously, because of time difference and stuff. And uh, I was saying, Phil, I, I got up. I got up the following day and uh, the Facebook page was buzzing. Um, our Twitter had stuff, you know. Yeah, and, um, cool. The Sapiens. Um, Steve got back in contact off the back of it. Steve was like, you know, seeing the Facebook page and he's just like, you know, it looks like everything's kicking off again. Yeah, nice. Um, you know, me and Phil were talking about doing it under another name, a different project. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, uh, and then me and Phil had that kind of conversation, you know, how are we going to do it? Do we want to do it as Robo Sapiens? You know, um, and then it was a case of, well, there's already a market, there's already people out to buy this stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It was more a case then of, like, we've actually got a new member. Yeah. You know, um, funny enough, a lot of people were asking me in the chat room last night, is Resistor part of a, <laughs> on NSB, part of a Sapiens and stuff. So, you know, it's, um, I think, yeah, people are getting their head around that idea now. Yeah, know, yeah. Three of us. Well, and, there's, um, there's such a... Com- coming together as an album, didn't it, Phil? We had... Yeah, maybe, absolutely six tracks or something yeah six seven tracks and there's a lot of stuff that i'd started but wasn't finished or kind of you know it was a couple of ideas you know something that i wanted to do something with and um phil would step in tracks like uh sunshine yeah um phil finished it yeah um the added bits that phil added to it you know and we started kind of having this writing thing back and forth so um the writing process has been it's been a really easy process working with you though like because we've it's, you know, you'll start a track, you'll send it to me, I'll do a bit, send it back to you, and by that stage, it's pretty much done. For most yeah, of yeah. most of the tracks, it's just been just super easy to do. Yeah, cool. So I on mean, that, do you guys do you guys have um, uh, do you guys have the same rigs? Because obviously we're in Brisbane, very much. You're so, in yeah. the UK, yeah. and that that I, I've done online collaborations where it's like I'm in Logic, you're in Ableton, and it can be. Hard, but so how do you manage the technical aspect of that? Both Cubase, so it was easy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we both, we both got Cubase, we're lucky. And um, after a visit from Phil in uh, the summer, I updated to uh, the latest version. We're both on, yeah. So yeah, that would make it so much and, easier. Yeah, and we've both got big knobs. So. <laughs> you don't find they clash when you're in the studio together? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sword fight. <laughs> it's like, um, I use the UAD stuff, so, but I know Phil hasn't got it, so, Anything like that, um, I'll I'll bounce it down to audio. Yeah. But what's really nice is like Phil will leave in the MIDI parts, and I'll leave in the MIDI parts. So even though it's audio, if one of us doesn't like it, you know, yeah. you still have a pattern there to change it, change the sound, or um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah it's, cool. It's been really like Phil says, it's been really easy. You know, um, sort of time difference. You know, uh, it's maybe midnight, and I'm chatting to Phil. And Phil's getting ready to go to work. And yeah. You know, I'll send something over and I'll feel all doing the evening. But you yeah. know, by the time Phil's done his bits and sent it over, yeah, yeah. that's when I'm getting back. 
Well, no, I mean, the album's like incredibly diverse. I've been lucky enough that you flicked it through and I've, you know, I've had to have, you know, I've been able to have a good listen to it. I mean, you've got, you know, you've got like techno of the, the coming in waves, which the Sapiens have always dabbled in that, that, that techno. And then you've got like slow groove landscape kind of tracks like grunged and uh, was it Dad's Mia Kunis? Yeah, having that diverse, um, you know, range of tracks on there is is definitely the way to go. It's what we sort of set out to do, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, the idea is, this, uh, I have an hour's drive to work, um, and the whole idea is I wanted something as well, you know, we, that you could listen to for an hour from start to finish. You know, yeah. if you just had a, a brain spanger, you, you want something else. Yeah. Change your mood. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, um, yeah, yeah. Make it into a pro proper journey. Mm. And some of the stuff Phil was doing as well, like, you know, you've actually, Dad, yeah, Dad, kind of, which I think we're going to change the name on that one we've, we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. When Phil said that over, that was just, you know, bang on. So, you know, <laughs> the kind of thing we were talking about doing, and yeah. So it's, I suppose it's kind of appropriate because the Sapiens are now, it's 10 years old. So, you know, t the uh, 10 year anniversary put out an album. Yeah. Is there, it, it, you guys just weren't in the place to do an album previously? I don't know, it was just never, I've got to admit, it was, we, we got lucky on the first record we did. The first record we did sold really well. Yeah. Um, ridiculous amounts, repressed. Um, and then it was this whole sort of whirlwind of, um, you do a track, and the way Dead Famous was run, there was never a lot of money. So um, you do a track, and you'd have to write another track to, uh, you know, <sighs> the money from the first track were put out. The second yeah, track. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Once the remixes started coming in, I mean, what was actually the good and bad things about this album? One of the bad things about the time it's kind of taking is, you know, we've been messing around, we've been trying to sort out, we want a proper deal for it. You know, we didn't yeah. want to just jump at some of the stuff that we've been offered. Um, yeah. You know, or waste it. You know, we may not do another album. You know, uh, mm. I hope we will. You know, mm. we're writing new stuff, but we may not do another album. Mm. But the good thing about the time, I was thinking about this the other day, was during the heyday of the breaks when everything was just mental in the UK and hectic. You know, we'd finish one track and we'd have three remixes lined up. Yeah. You didn't have chance to even some kind of listen to the track. Quite often, a track would go out and there's a bit that didn't work or you didn't like or anything, but it was gone and your free tracks onto the next thing, you know, yeah. a remix for another label, yeah. the next Dead Famous release, um, you know, a radio mix for, for something. And we never really had kind of time to sit back and live with the tracks. Mm. And I think one of the good things that we have kind of taken a year over it mm. is, you know, we've played stuff out, Phil's played stuff out, we've played stuff out, we'll go mm. back and that worked or that didn't work. Yeah, yeah, and you pick it up like yeah. two months later. And it's funny because there's such the other end of going down the rabbit hole of constantly tweaking, Absolutely. you know yeah, what I mean, yeah. again, and there's that, there's a fine balance between, oh, I could just do that. You know, I've done that on tracks where, you know, I've gone back three revisions because I've gone, I've actually screwed it up. Oh, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. like, just yeah. leave it alone. Yeah, Jamie, just stop fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Are you thinking of Evolve, Phil? Yes. <laughs> I spent the night on Evolve last night to get it ready. 
Um, obviously, we're going to do a radio mix as well, and I wanted to play a few things that we haven't played out anyway yet. Yeah, new cool. Tracks for the first time for the for the radio show. So um, I was tweaking evolve again last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So you could say nothing you, like you could say it's still evolving. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it's sounding better, but yeah, yeah, there's a bit of as well. You yeah. Have to kind of, yeah, fix out all the stuff, really. Yeah, the constant tweet. Oh, it's really good having somebody else involved as well. You know, the thing about having Steve and Phil on board is, um, if you're on your own, you can get lost in that thing. You know, it's been it's been six hours and you're tuning a kick drum. Yeah. You know, or you're going down a road that's just yeah you know, a dead end. Yeah. You know, whereas I think when you've got two other people involved as well, um, you've got that whole working thing where, like, you know, I get it wrong, and I got two mm. people to tell me that I've got it wrong, or Phil will get it wrong, and mm. you know, we're not feeling. So, yeah, as a solo producer, which you probably know under the resistor when you do that kind of stuff, it's really hard to, to make it, listen to it objectively. Because it's physically impossible sometimes to not listen to the snare. So think as well, we're very lucky, but, um, you know, me and Steve work really quickly. You know, me and Phil and Steve work, you know, really well. Um, I've worked... I've worked with other producers, you know, and there's two of us in the studio, and it's, you know, uh, a good friend of mine produces, and his stuff on his own is great. You know, my stuff on my own, you know, when we get together, it's it's time consuming, and we don't yeah. really get it, or... Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this might not work if we're actually in the same town. If we're, we're actually in the studio together doing this, I mean, you know, I don't work well with others. Yeah. <laughs> Does not play so, well with others. Yeah, exactly. I, I need my... I need my own time to yeah. do stuff. So it is difficult. I've done a couple of collabs in person, and, and they've turned out good. But it's it has a whole different range of challenges. No, it's a great idea and it's it's mm. interesting that you know what we're seeing or what i'm seeing anyway you know i go through i consume vast amounts of music from doing the radio you know two hours every week mm. so i'm consuming a lot of music and you know what what i hate about that is how disposable the single has become you know yeah you know, it's so i could play a track for two weeks and then not play it again and that kills me mm. because i don't have enough time to digest it but what i'm seeing is you know there was a couple of albums Earlier this year, late last year, Resonant Status did uh, Tight Bonds and Grove did Insomnia. Mm. And both yeah. proper artist albums, you know, various yeah. genres. They were breakbeat mm. grounded, but they weren't purely they just a selection of, of, yeah. of single yeah. breakbeat singles. Mm. So, you know, and, oh, it's a brilliant and he's a, he's a top bloke as well. But, yeah. um, so it's quite nice to see that change, and I think that's what I see with Dystopia as well. Is that it's it's a it's actually a proper album. It's not just a collection of breakbeat singles, yep. um, yeah. you know. Which I'm hoping is a change into having more depth back in the scene. Yeah. Whereas nobody's put out an album, that's proper it. album for ages. You know, Future Funk Squad that you've spoken. You know, he's got his darker yeah, days yeah. and. Um, but so I'm hoping to see that change, you know. It's interesting when we were sending it around to, to get some feedback from you know, other labels, like the, the feedback we were getting was, yeah, we, we like 
all the bangers on it, but we don't want to put it out as a complete album, which is quite <laughs> which strange because that's what makes an album. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I think that's I think that's financial because whether anyone, I think people don't want to admit it at labels, but you imagine like um, I won't mention names, but a certain label wants same resistor album. They want the six bangers, mm. but they don't. They're saying it's too eclectic aggressive. What they really mean is those six bangers is you and maybe three other artists will be their whole schedule for the year. Yeah. You know, yeah. minimum outlay. There's no money in it. Yeah. So it's minimum outlay. Yeah. Um, your 12 tracks is going to be a lot of money for mastering. It's yeah. going to be uh, money for a physical product. Yeah. The distribution networks aren't around like they used to be. Mm. You know, for people to get out, there's no intercrew, there's no, you know, uh, SRD aren't doing dance stuff. You know, all the big sort of distribution. You know, I mean, if you wanted to press up vinyl, you know, where would you sell it now? You know, before. And who would play it? Mm. Yeah, who would play In the only case of breaking, you know, um, it wasn't the fact we were doing vinyl or CDs, you had these distribution deals. So um, we were with a, uh, a company called Entertainment UK, which meant all your records, as well as going to the independent shops, got into the big high store chains. Mm. You know, uh, your Walmarts, your. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I remember back in like 97 when I started getting into, you know, getting more into dance music as in started DJing and buying vinyl and, you know, getting right into it because I had a, a rock, you know, I grew up in New Zealand and, you know, playing guitar and rock bands and then uh, bought leftism, moved to London and was like, what the hell is dance music? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but that those kind of that era, you could walk into HMV and buy all the 12 inches. Yeah, yeah, from all of the underground bands, the albums, you know, and they were regularly available. Whereas now, you know, it's become so niche. Yeah, you know, um, the album, the album is what what got us into it in the first place. I mean, you know, when I first heard, you know, Breaks and Big Beat and stuff like that, like buying, you know, Fat Boy Slim albums and Propeller Heads and <sighs> Dressed um, to Drums and know, Rock and Roll, shit like that. Yeah, Prodigy yeah, or whatever, it's Crystal Method, their albums, you know. Yeah, Will, Will's a good friend, but um, I still can't get over the starstruck thing. You know, when Will comes over, sorry, it's like, I've got Will White in the kitchen. You know, Yosh is the same, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the downside of living on this side of the planet yeah. sometimes. I think Phil will agree with me. Um, you know, the whole idea about doing it as an album was kind of going back to, you know, you guys are mentioning things like leftism, underworld, yeah. you know, chemical brothers, you know. Dance, dance albums had the student market back then, you mm. know, and that was mm. the kind of thing was that you get an album, you know, you'd like, we're looking at 20 years of dub no bass, yeah. you know, and yeah, yeah. Tour, and, you know, it was that whole vibe, and, you know, I think we were coming from that angle, yep. really, with the album tracks. So what do you, um, obviously like with the album's kind of diverse, I know Phil, we've sort of touched on your kind of other rock projects and, and the other kind of stuff that you do under Resistor and then uh, Kill Yourself, which mm -hmm. is your new kind of death metal project. Mm -hmm. um, what about yourself, Jamie? Do you do stuff under other guises? Um, I have done, yeah. Um, I've done, 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 I
Same with with Headflux. Well, you know, Headflux is basically he's he plays at Psytrance gigs, mm. and I've seen him play at Rainbow, which is a big you know big outdoor festival here in, in Australia. And if you said to the crowd, you know, would you dance to Breakbeat? They'd be like, Breakbeat, yeah, yeah. and they all go spastic yeah, for his. You, just, you know, just don't tell him, <laughs> you don't tell them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same here. We keep um, there's a big Psytrance like Cuckoo Tribe for Frog. Um, you know, uh, lot of side trance, but they also book, you know, uh, Broken Robot Guys, Head Flux. We play a lot with like, yeah. Newer Driver, Head Flux, uh, Monkey Logic. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of the Orcs guys like Johnny and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, a, a breaks night kind of falls on its ass in Bristol, but, you know, there's thousands of people at this side trance night, but mm. going after a route of breaks. Mm. You know, um, mm. It's mm. kind of, it's been a foot in the door a little bit for us, you mm. know. Um, I think since since the since the term bass music has sort of taken over anything that's you know breakbeat or glitch or drum and bass or whatever anything in in the the broken you can just play whatever the hell you want to play and nobody's you know none the wiser I guess yeah 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 but it's yeah realise that you're just playing breaks so. yeah yeah exactly exactly so yeah. Mention the tech break stuff as well. I mean, I'll, I'll quote Steve on this. You know, one thing that we spoke here is we were like, well, back when I loved breaks, what's the tech break stuff? Mm. And, um, it kind of never went out of fashion because it was never really in fashion. Mm. Almost like a bit of a sort of a, you know, and we were like, well, you know, uh, the idea for Last Days, you know, Last Days was Last Days was the first track written for the album, mm. um, and, and that was purely me you know, trying to do a tech breaks track. You know, I used to love that. Yeah, nice. So we've touched on um, Dead Famous. Now that tent, you know, uh, chasing the buzz came. So, you know, Dead, Dead Famous is 10 years next year. Um, I know that the it's had its sort of rises and, you know, not putting out last year. I think this year there's only one track, which is one of yours, Resistor. Yeah. What, what, what's happening with Dead Famous? I know a lot of people personally would love to see and hear more out of Dead Famous and that and that sound. What what's happening with that? Uh, I gotta admit, what what kind of happened with Dead Famous is there was a point in the early days there was there was a few of us on board. Yeah, Ian, you know, uh, graphic designer. Um, 
Yeah, Ian was uh, label manager, um, we've been a press officer, and you know, it was all of us kind of running it as a family. Um, it got to a point that people kind of went off and did other things. Yeah. And uh, Phil came on board, it was literally just me. Um, and we went for that sort of not last year, but the year before, where we were putting out so every month to kind of, you know, sort of get back on scene. And it, it just meant that um, I wasn't in the studio. Mm. You know, I, I'd, I'd sort of, I kind of sit in the studio, and I, I was doing admin or press releases or talking to artists or. Mm. Mm. But, uh, I mean, I would, I would imagine once the album's out, I mean, I know Phil's, Phil's writing stuff. Um, I've got a few. I've got a few things that you know I've been doing as well. Um, uh, actually, we, we talked about sort of uh, Malik earlier. You know, uh, Grove. You know, mm. he's, he really wants to do some stuff. Um, he just sent over. Actually, Phil doesn't know this yet. He's just sent over um, something he started that he wants us to collaborate on for eye breaks, and you know, Jay's happy with that. And so um, I'd imagine the label sort of be, you know, sort of be kicking off again. I mean, Phil's yeah. Phil's kind of running it really. Um, well, it's label manager. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been a bit slack of late. Like, is that, is that is that why maybe you had a slew of resistance releases only? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> That's all it's going to be from now on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I found Phil. He, he's he's done his album. He's done the Kill Yourself. You know, Phil's been working pretty quick on the studio stuff. You know, yeah. Be more productive than us. So um. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the idea. Phil, we'll get get both the albums out. Exactly. Kill yourself stuff. Yeah. And then we can get back into it again. Yeah, and refocus yeah. back on that. Yeah, because yeah. of course your album's coming out. Do we know when? Uh, it's on out on Vim at the end of the year sometime. We've got one single coming out first, and um, I hear there's an amazing remix on that single. Yeah, it's a bit dodgy. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, th that's coming out first, and I think it's just coming out at the end of the year, as far as I know. Yeah, Our, artwork's done, mastering's done, so it's really yeah, cool. ready to roll. And that's on Vim. It's on Vim. Yeah, nice. So even though you're going to do the Kickstarter thing, will Dystopia still be dead famous? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> That's a good question, is it going? <laughs> I mean, the whole plan is, um, you know, once once the Kickstarter guys have got their rewards, you know, with yeah. that you know, well, actually, what are what are the rewards? Can you take us through uh, what the rewards are for the Kickstarter? Naked pictures. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. Um, if you pledge £10, uh, you get a CD version of the album. Um, it's not going to be available anywhere else. You know, I hope that makes it a bit more collectible. Um, one of the things that we said on Kickstarter was um, you get your name like a thank you on uh, the album. But yeah. I've been kind of thinking, it's like everybody wants to be famous. You know, why not get people to send in photos, you know? Yeah. Um, well, we got some screenshots tonight. Yeah, we've got an awesome screenshot <laughs> of you. <laughs> That's a great idea. So you'll put pictures in the, in the art. Yeah, you know, and that's the only place there'll be a physical copy of that, you know, that's mm. some vinyl as well. Um, mm. uh, five pounds gets you um, an upfront download of the album, mm. um, exclusive DJ mix, and also um, a track which won't be available anywhere else. Um, and a pound just gets you the mix and the track which won't be available anywhere else. Yeah, cool. So, you know, it's, there's an incentive there for you to do it through Kickstarter. Yeah. Lots of Kickstarter things 
you know, done and dusted, but um, we'll put out digitally usual sort of outlets, you know, yep. iTunes. Yeah. Uh, so it's all about the exclusivity, it's about getting out of front, and it's also about getting something physical, yep. you know, which I think intangible, yeah, which is. Event, really. But it was kind of an experiment. I wanted to do it because you're seeing bands do it. Yeah. Um, with electronic artists, you're not really seeing it. I mean, I know uh, Future Funk Squad's done it for like uh, Liberty Run of Vinyl. Yeah. You know, sort of stuff now. But, you know, financially, if you're looking to do in vinyl, it's, it used to be, you know, a thousand pounds would get you the mastering and a thousand yeah. pieces of vinyl. Yeah. You know, it's such a sort of niche, sort of bespoke sort of thing that, you know, it's, it's a fortune to press up vinyl. Mm. You know, um, mm. so people are kind of doing that through Kickstarter. And mm. uh, a certain bands, there's an old, um, old punk band, uh, Stiff Little Fingers. Yep. And, you know, Meridian and people have done it. So, um, but I think it's because you, you haven't got a physical product. Whereas, because this is an album, we've got a physical product. Yeah. So, you know, you're yeah. actually giving people something in return. You yeah. Know? And we yeah. got to a stage where it's like, well, why would you do it for a Kickstarter? You know, why yeah. don't you just wait for it to come out on iTunes in a few months, you know, mm. Dead Famous or through something else? So then there's the whole idea of making the CDs limited, mm. you know, making the vinyl limited. Mm. You know, um, the only place you can get it is through Kickstarter. Hopefully, that's a bit of an encouragement for people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Something a little bit special because, you know, we've done it through Kickstarter and, uh, you know, then, you know, if, if you're somebody who hasn't invested in Kickstarter, you know, um, six months down the line, you'll you know, two months down the line, you'll be able to download the album from iTunes if you want to do it that way. Yeah. Sort of yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the things that I didn't want to be doing is um, a year from now making a trek up to the post office to post off one CD that somebody's bought through the website. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. Because yeah. as much as we'd all like to sell stuff through the website, you know, without any distribution, realistically, who has that much traffic? Yeah. You know, um, yeah. That's, you the, that's, the, yeah, that's the. Yeah, that's the. And that's that's the, the interesting thing, you know. Beatport, while it has its pitfalls, it's it's pretty much the only distribution model. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And so it's not until you can get to a critical mass. You know, I know Headflux is now starting to do, you know, pay what you want on Bandpage, but it took him a while to build that following before you can yeah. do that. Like yeah. you still need yeah. that Beatport critical mass first. Yeah, for you sure. Know? And also iTunes as well. Because I mean, I, you know, ninety percent of my friends they're not DJs. They yeah. don't buy shit off Beatport. So yeah. I mean, they're gonna want to download something off iTunes. Yeah. It's really important. And I think also making it on Kickstarter, making a tangent album. You know, it's a good point. We find that a lot of a lot of people I know that buy dance music are DJs. Mm. But in fact, there's actually a lot of people out there that aren't DJs, are punters. So trying to cross that out of Beatport world into the punter world, yep. you know, having it as an album, a physical piece helps you do that, you know? And that's the whole idea behind some of the tracks, you know, um, the non-dance floor tracks is, you know, the album, somebody can come back from a club and put a CD on, like, yeah. you know, you would have put on leftism or yeah. Massive Attack or something, you know, yeah. um, you've just had a 135 banging breaks, you know, for four hours, you're going to go home and put something on that's kind of in that vein. Yeah. Like Phil said, you know, the majority, majority of your friends and audience, they're not DJs, yeah. you know, um, they're not, they're not going to look on Beatport, you know, and buy a track or one. You know, they want to access music through Spotify, through, you know, mm. uh, Flower, iTunes, mm. you know, uh, SoundCloud, you know, mm. it's, even SoundCloud really, it's, it's producers and DJs, you know, mm. I know a few people go through for new music, but yeah, you know, that's the whole idea, hopefully, you know, uh, by doing it this way, you can get it out to people who aren't necessarily, you know, some of some of the, the guys I know have pledged, you know, friends and stuff, um, yeah. you know, they're not going to go to, even if it was on 
12 inch or an album, they're not going to go to a record shop and buy it. Yeah. You know, um, because they probably don't have a record yeah. player as well. Probably. Do you know what I mean? You need to, <laughs> you need to find the community, you know, the, 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 the way that they are consuming music yep. and address it that way. We stay away from things like uh, Harry Potter and witchcraft, violence, yeah. Twilight, just. Especially lines. like. Three has always been incredibly prevalent in what the robos have done. Is that is that a real three hundred three? What are you what are you using for that? Look at that. He's even going to dig it out. But to be honest, we uh, most of the stuff's been done on this. But um, we're endorsed by this company called D Sixteen. Yep. Um, Polish company. Uh, really lucky. Uh, they, it was a couple of guys started off a few years ago, and um, we hit them up with some tracks. Um, and uh, I, I actually bought it. I actually bought. They, they run an emulator. We bought, and um, so then we sent them a couple of tracks, and uh, they gave us this endorsement. And um, it's been massive now. Um, the other endorsements we go on the pages, people like Richie Horton, and wow. you know all the big names. Like you know, yeah. I, I'm sure the only reason Robo Sapiens on there is like we got one of the first people that got in touch with them. You know, yeah, perfect. But you know, we use we use their stuff on a lot of things as well now. You know, um, three or three, our oh, three or three is a bit temperamental at the moment. Yeah. The accent. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's one of those things we've got. Uh, we keep talking about bringing. There's a guy in Bristol that fixes them, and we keep talking about bringing it and getting the accent finished. Yeah. So, but like then maybe the last three or four tracks, it's been this emulator. Yeah. Know, um, and the the emulator is becoming so good mm. now. Do you know what I mean? You know, there are people like, oh, I can tell the difference. It's like. You really can't, like no, you know, you with really some can't. of these ones, you really can't. You know? Yeah, exactly. But, but you know what? It's. I mean, Phil will probably agree with me on this. Is that whole analog thing? I, you know, we've both been there. We've both done it. There's yeah. a stage at the airport kit, you know, like Sims and things, and yeah, they sounded lovely. And uh, but you're working in the digital realm now. You're working yeah. on a door, so yeah. You know, I, I, I spent all my time fiddling with this synth, and it, it never got used on any of the records. Like you know, I had a. Uh, a couple of Dave Smith, the Mofo, you yeah, know, yep, um, yep, yeah, you know, this, and me, we got the Juno, uh, you know, other you know, bits and pieces. And for me, I'm more excited about something like uh, Razor or Reactor, yeah, you know, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, it, we the stuff that we've got in common with our gear, I mean, we both um, both have a virus. So, yeah, nice. And we, we do use that quite a bit yeah. with, with our tracks as well. That's probably the only bit of outboard gear that we commonly use now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've got a... Going back to the whole synth thing, you know, that whole argument, I mean, when people were saying that computers were crap back in the day, yeah. you know, software yeah. was crap, you know, um, your drum machine did sound better. Mm. But, mm. You know, have something on the computer, but you know, stuff's come on so much now. You know, mm. um, the technology. You know, music's always driven by technology, isn't it? You know, mm. it's you know, computers are so good now. You know, stuff from native instruments sounds amazing. Yeah. You know, um, and especially now, you can virus. get you can get MIDI controllers to give you that touch. You know, so you can tweak that knob. Do you mm. know what I mean? And and you can get you can still have that physical element, mm. which I think was the missing, and now. You know, that's become so easy to map knobs and, you know, we've talked a lot about knobs, but, you know, all of that kind of stuff. 
I use a um, remote SL. Um, it's got the screen on it. So yeah. when I'm running in a 303 template, yeah. on the top knobs it comes across cut off, release, yeah. envelope, yeah. pack. I can tweak it just the same as that. You know, it's probably easier. Talking about the, uh, we were just talking about the native instrument stuff, and um, what I find interesting. Have you seen the new Machine Studio? Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is, which I find really interesting because you know we've almost gone full, full circle where, you know, groove boxes came out and everybody was about the groove box and making everything in the box, and then computers came and groove boxes died, mm. and then you look back at the machine and now this Machine Studio, we're getting back into, but effectively groove boxes that are, uh, you know. You know, but you can drop tracks in and DJ and all that stuff. It's it's an interesting cyclic event, you know. Yeah, so much new stuff comes out so often. Like, man, I I find it hard to keep up, to be honest. Yeah. It, it would take me so long to to learn a new piece of kit. Like, even machine. Like, I, I'm, you know, I know Jamie uses machine. I mm. I, I don't. I just mm. you know pr program all my stuff. You know, just within Cubase kind of thing. But mm. um, yeah, like to base your whole um, your whole writing process around a new piece of kit like that. Yeah, it's it's a lot to dedicate yourself to. Yeah, you know? I had that thing when you know more and more people started using Ableton, and I've used yeah. Logic since like you know Logic three, I think it was. Yeah, and you know I'm, I started dabbling with that, and I'm it's exactly the same thing. I'm like, can I? I don't have enough time to write music as it is. Do I actually want to yeah. learn? A whole new way of working. Exactly. Um, obviously, there's pluses, and I've dabbled with it, and I've you know played with it. But I know logic. I can go back to it. I can do it with my eyes closed. I know where everything is, and it's so much faster. I did, did exactly the same thing over the last couple of years with Ableton, just because I wanted to do um, I wanted to do my stuff live. Yeah. So you know, converting all my Cubase stuff over to Ableton, such a time-consuming yeah. thing. If I wrote music in Ableton, yeah, be a piece of piss. But yeah. Yeah. Having to transfer it all across is just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> How you finding the native instrument stuff, Phil? Because we we were doing the Ableton thing before. Yeah. Uh, but it's like no, when we play out, like we when we DJ the other week, it's we've got our we've got our four decks, so we're playing our tracks in Tractor. So Steve's on the decks. I'll go on to the F1, and um, you've got four banks, four banks of like sixty yeah, sixty four buttons. Yeah. So. The first, the first page will be my samples, drum loops, vocal samples. So we're constantly like when one of us is DJ, and you're constantly dropping something over it. You yeah. Know, so you're constantly like, mixing the track. Yeah. Um, if it's our own stuff, we cut it down to like you know maybe the bass or eight bar loops, so we can play it differently. Yeah. But we've got into this whole sampling thing on it now, where um, Steve will be doing something on the two decks, and rather than me sort of stood there with a pint. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> wait, you know, wait for my two tracks to go on. I'll hop onto the F1, and if Steve's doing something interesting with the loops or the effects, um, we, we keep the two we keep two pages of it free now to sample live on the fly. Yeah, nice. So uh, I'll hit a button where Steve's got Steve's doing something interesting. I'll hit a button. Now that's looping up. You know, yeah, so that's yeah, yeah, on yeah. Next, Steve's on to the next thing. Yeah. You know, um, we were a bit slow getting it at first. You know, it was it was kind of like. Um, we have this thing where we always get a bit of new kit about two weeks before a gig. <laughs> so, 
house. We were, like, it, you know, the first time, like, we, we hadn't rehearsed, we hadn't, and, you know, we Dude, got it, it sounds, in two it, weeks. It sounds really complicated, man. I mean, like, when, when do you get the chance to actually fist pump and, <laughs> and, and throw cake at people? <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I miss the cake throwing. this kit and um, people are looking a little bit confused and two we were doing the whole mask thing over the summer and um, like beside trans crowd at uh, a triplicity festival like the promoters come over and he's like yeah, you're not going to wear the masks are you guys so, you can well, freak yeah. the crowd out yeah <laughs> I know then, you know we got like kill written across one diagram <laughs> <laughs> he's like yeah, it's just, it's, there's a lot of people tripping here and it's like you know they just want to see happy smoke <laughs> <laughs> Coming on to stuff like no parole, to rock and roll and things like that and stuff. Yeah, yeah <laughs> wow. And yeah, sorry, yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of does sound complicated, but I hate to say it because everything's synced up. It's more, it's more, um, it's more a producer set. You know, it's not a live yeah. set. You know, we're yeah. not playing anything live. Yeah. Back in the day, we used to sort of turn up and we bring the Sims and things, and you'd have to sound check. Mm. You know, um, you might be on a two, but you've got to wait till six in the morning till the club finishes to pack all your gear yeah, up for yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah, we did the Ableton thing, and it was its own set of challenges. You know, yeah. you probably know Phil. You yeah. know, it's like you want to change tempo, maybe. You know, you want to drop down to sort of half time. You want to, and. We were DJing anyway on track doing it. It just, it's, it's just been really easy. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, there's two of you anyway, you know. It's, yeah. It's, That's the thing. It's I mean, kind of like... I've gone away from using the whole Ableton thing live. I mean, it was just... It just got too freaking difficult to for me to do anyway. I'm sure there's heaps of people that, that can do it better than me. It, you know, it is the preparation. It's writing a whole I mean, other like, song, weeks. you know. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm. I've, preparation to play an hour. Yeah, so, um, I recently got a. I recently got an S4, mm. um, and getting into playing more and more with that. Yeah, and and using the you know the remix sets and stuff like that. And yeah, it's it's amazing how you can the while yes okay sync and there's all bad thing about sync, but what it allows you to do is you know just allows you to add so many more layers and get so much more yeah. complicated and and do amazing sort of loops and and ad hoc stuff that you really couldn't do with vinyl, you know what I mean? That's so right. yeah. it's a, just a different skill set. As long as you're replacing, you know, that the, the beat matching thing with something else. Exactly, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Totally fine. It was the same with Ableton, wasn't it? You know, um, the Bit Rock Boys came over, um, stayed with us and were doing a few Ableton sets. It was awesome, it was off a scale, you know? Yeah. Um, I've also got friends and seen people play, but you know, um, they're waiting for the last minute of a record and they're hitting the button on Ableton and the next one's coming in time. The next yeah. Time. You know, people are the same with Tractor, you know, um, there'll be some idiot um, doing the same thing, you know, throwing cakes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, last minute they'll hit a button and it's synced and it's in. Yeah. You know, um, and there's nothing worse, I've gone to gigs where you see people over a laptop or even controller, but they don't do anything. Mm. Like, you know, they'll like that, they'll press a button and just, just stand there and groove for a bit. 
for six minutes Jesus and then Christ. press another button and it's oh. like it, it's you don't get that connection whereas at least when you know you're hunched over and you're, you're, you're loading up loops and you're doing stuff the, the crowd actually gets a perception that you're doing something yeah you know but yeah it's all on the fly as well you know like Phil said with Ableton stuff you're doing your effects and things on the fly but you've spent weeks putting that set together yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so you can't this. react I'm just happy yeah, to play in Tractor, okay. just the normal DJ set now. Like, yeah. nobody cares how you're actually putting the music no. on the dance floor. No. Nobody gives two shits. No, they so. don't. Once they're on the dance floor, the music's good. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't as long as it sounds good. The, the main issue that I had as well with doing the Ableton APC40 thing is that the tracks weren't mastered because you're, you're using all your stems. It, yes, the sound yeah. quality isn't yeah, as good as the final master yeah, track. Okay. So the volume yeah, yeah. wasn't as loud and it just, yeah, it didn't sound as good. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. It sounds good, and also, you know, it's all on the fly with like, you know, launching like the remix stuff and that. I, I don't know, you know, it's like when I do the mix tonight, for, for, you know, if you talk, I don't know what loop I'm going to hit, whatever stage, yeah. it's what I'm thinking at the time. Yeah, yeah, know, totally, totally. You know, it's a bit more spontaneous, you know, yeah. if something isn't working, you're not tied into it, you know. It's like, an Ableton set's like rehearsing your DJ set for an hour, but it's the only records that I can mix, they're mixed together, mm. if like halfway through people don't like it, well that's, you know, almost all my clips and everything. Whereas yeah. with the tracks, you can change. You know, I'll check yeah. chuck in somebody else's track. You yeah. know, um, it's, it's funny because I find I had the, uh, you know, it's getting to the stage now where I'm almost had the opposite problem of I have four and a half thousand tracks in Tractor. Mm. So you go to play live and you're like, what, what am I going to play next? Like you're almost, you almost have too much choice. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man. That's why I only play my own music. Yeah. <laughs> Vinyl was cool. I'd turn up with a record box. Yeah. And I'd go through, and I'd, I'd look for a tune. I'd find that I'd play it. When we used, when we, uh, when we used to sort of play abroad a lot, tour a lot with the Sapiens, with CDs, CD wallets. Mm. You know, I'd, I'd be somewhere and I'd, I'd go from the start of a CD wallet to the end, and I'm like, and I'm back again, and back. Again. <laughs> you know, and then eventually he's kind of settle on something. You know, yeah. And, and the whole sync button thing. You know, I felt with CDs, but. I'm putting the CD in, it's showing me what BPM it is, I'm yeah. matching them both up. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm putting the cue point, I'm hitting it, I'm giving it a nudge, no, that's not in, I'll go back to the cue point. Yeah. You know, it's any different than hitting the sync button. Yeah, totally, and hitting play and doing all that, it's exactly the same thing. Kickstarter, uh, this is going to go live, uh, as this goes to air, the Kickstarter's got 10 days left, so... Um, 16th, 16th of November. 16th of November, so if we jump on Kickstarter, do a search for Robo Sapiens or Dystopia, um, I'll put the link, obviously, with this blog post, but jump on... Yeah, I'll put it up. Got the things up and we're pushing it, Phil's, uh, the dead famous Robo Sapiens and mine, so... Um, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And um, so 10 bucks gets you the CD, which is really what yeah. you want. You know what I mean? There's there's some rewards that you can get for lower, but you know what you want to do is get the, you know, the 10 buck limited edition. So you know, guys, good luck with it. It's a really cool idea. The album's awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to getting my hands on it. Um, and I know everybody who tunes into the show are big, not only Robo Sapiens fans, but also Dead Famous. So looking forward to more from both of you. Thank you, that was really cool. Awesome, thanks for having us, man. Thanks very much. No worries.
And that was the interview. I hope you enjoyed that. A little bit glitchy, but also all, all really good. Shouts to the man, Phil and Jamie, for that. This is the Robo Sapiens guest mix, exclusive from their album. I'm going to shut up. This is playing. Food prices rising, oil is ending. When our resources end in 20 years, given everything that we know of our species, do you really think we're going to just share? disc breaks and like I was saying this is Robo Sapiens Dystopia Gas Mix exclusive here on Disc Break Show NSP Radio last 45 minutes was the interview with the guys jump on the Kickstarter it's got 10 days to go get your pledge in get the CD help them finish this goddamn wicked album everything from this mix is on that album it really needs to see the light of day
talked to me in the desert. He gave me a secret and told me to bring it to you. Didn't you hear me coming?
for another week. Massive shouts to the Robo Sapiens for that very, very cool show. Shouts to Jamie, shouts to Phil, shouts to Steve. Not only for doing the exclusive guest mix, which this is from the album Dystopia, but also for taking out an hour or so just to do the little interview you heard earlier. The guys were top blokes. It was quite nice having a chat to them talking about the industry, talking about the whole lot. The album really is good. Support them, they're trying something different with Kickstarter. It's great to see a band putting out a proper album, so get onto the Kickstarter link, pledge your support, get a CD. Shouts to the guys, I'll be back next week. This is NSB Radio, Breakbeat 24-7. I'll be back next week. Until then, take care and keep it locked. DJ Nads is up next.